We're talking drums, bringing extreme discussions from the world's top drummers to your ear holes. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums, episode 49, coming at you. I know we had a couple weeks off there. Uh, Times are busy, you know. I had a couple guests fall through, uh, which we are trying to reschedule right now. But this week, I finally did get one rescheduled and I am excited about it. Before we get into that, just want to give a big thanks to all you supporters out there, everybody asking what's going on. Like there's no new episodes, you know, like thank you for reaching out. We are not stopping. I uh, just had some hiccups some weeks, uh, you know, trying to do this every week is is getting more and more difficult. But uh, you know what? We're keeping going and heading into the new year, you might see some changes to how we're doing the podcast and um, maybe some new additions to it as well. So all that being said, my guest today is none other than Alex Bent from Trivium. I got to know Alex way back in, I think, 2014 when he was playing for the band Battlecross. We did some small runs together, and he is just the sweetest of dudes. When I found out that he started playing for Trivium back in 2017, I was just ecstatic. That is the perfect gig for him. And, you know, we had a wonderful conversation about everything that has happened over the last couple years. Uh, He recently moved from California, which he has lived in Cali his entire life. Uh, Now he has moved to Florida to be closer to the Trivium guys uh, and and what that whole experience is like for him. Uh, He also recently became a father. Him and his wife had a beautiful baby girl uh, about six months ago. So uh, we discuss what that is all about. And of course, we talk about the Trivium headquarters, which they call The Hangar, mainly because it is literally a plain hangar. That's right. These guys (laughs) have a hangar that they now have as their studio, their jam space. They film uh, all kinds of video content. Everything they do is at this hangar, and he he talks about it a little bit there. So uh, also in the show notes, you will see links to the Trivium Hangar live stream that's coming up December 11th and December 18th, uh, which also have my good buddies in fit for an autopsy that are going to be doing a small set, a part of that as well. So check that shit out. And there will also be links to all of Alex Bent's socials and his Twitch, which if you are not familiar with Twitch, um, just check it out. Check it out. That's Twitch TV backslash Alex Bent drums. Uh, he's got over 25,000 followers, so I think he's pretty good. Uh, uh, he's, he's great at playing drums, obviously. His Twitch schedule is Monday and Friday at 4.30 p.m., Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11.30 a.m. Okay, so that's Monday and Friday, 4.30 p.m., Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11.30 a.m., That's Eastern Standard Time. All right. All that being said there now again, here is my conversation with Alex Bent. Alex Bent, welcome to the We're Talking Drums podcast. How are you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. How are you? I'm good. 
I'm good, man. I'm just I'm preparing for the studio right now. So I fly out tomorrow morning to go head to Montreal to record with the wonderful Christian Donaldson. So uh, yeah, kind of excited. A new Crimson Shadows record gonna nice. finally get done. Uh, <laughs> I think the last time that I saw you, we were already starting to work on this album. And uh, yeah, finally, uh, it's gonna be coming out. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. That's about exciting, that. man. Yeah, very exciting times. Yeah, that's cool. So you just getting ready to go to go tear it up over there, huh? Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, and uh, the last like week has been like nerve wracking because I'm like really narrowing down all my parts. And like, ah, is this like actually what I want to do? Do I want to make it crazier and then kill myself like later? Because then I have to learn all these fucking parts again for touring and everything. Like, or do I just keep it simple and make my life easier in the future? Like, you know, all those last minute decisions before you lay it down for real. Yeah. And then no matter what, at least for me. I'll always look back on something and be like, man, I should have done this or I should have done that. And it just for forever, it'll be like 10 years later. And I'll, I'll all of a sudden I'll question myself, be like, well, should I have added that? Or maybe it's fine the way it is. But I feel like just as drummers, that's like what we tend to do, because I feel like we always, you know, we grow and we mature as players and then we always hear things in different ways. So at least that's how I how I kind of end with my stuff. I'll look back and start looking at it from different angles. But um, yeah, that's that's cool, man. I uh, I think that's really awesome. And I'm really excited to hear it, man. And uh, I hope you have fun, man. And Montreal is a beautiful city. So hopefully when you're not tearing it up in the studio, you can go get yourself some good uh, poutine or something. Oh, absolutely. There will be lots of poutine had. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it's funny because I always, I'll record drums one way. And then when we go to tour, I will rework the songs to a live setting. So how yeah. I wanted to do it in studio, like that's, that's how I'll, I'll tour it. Um, so like, there's so many different fills and stuff I do and I'll do the same thing night after night, but it won't be the same as the, the album. <laughs> right <Yeah>. so <laughs> i know like in your position uh, the the people are gonna know uh if it's not like the album though so do you really like sit down and try to do things as exact as as possible to the record um when i first started playing with trivium i did but the more i started to realize they they didn't really you know, hound me on that. I would mm -hmm. kind of branch out and do my own things, um, especially with older songs. Um, you know, I, I think it's good to be able to do both just in case, because I've worked with artists that, you know, they're like exactly like the record every night, you know, because that's like how they want it to be. Maybe they wrote the guitar parts like that. I mean, there's, you know, Trivium, I would say for the most part, the majority of the stuff I play it like the record, but I feel like I do have freedom to kind of branch off and do my own little fills sometimes. So, you know, if I'm feeling a little frisky, I might throw a little little something on, on there if, if I'm feeling it that night, you know, when it comes to uh, to fills and stuff, as long as I don't take it to left field like all right guys i'm gonna completely rewrite the drum part and you guys follow me you know yeah yeah yeah. this isn't like a, a jazz fusion type of situation <laughs> like yeah let's all take a uh you know i don't know 60 bars to solo <laughs> yeah yeah that's it all right uh uh yeah as long as long as you're not doing fills and then like you totally botch it and then it throws everybody off because i've definitely done that before where i'm like i'm gonna try something really cool it's in my head and i go for it and i'm just like way off and like a stick goes flying and then everything's a fucking goddamn catastrophe uh oh yeah <laughs> had plenty of those plenty of those lots of trial and error so yeah you know i uh I, yeah i just try to to venture out a little bit and like have have fun without it coming to like a cost of the band or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely going back to what you were saying about like the studio and playing live. I'm kind of the same way where, you know, I might, I feel like in the studio, I'm a lot more, um, relaxed. So like I'll kind of really branch out and try things. But then when I'm playing live, you know, in front of a crowd, there's 
obviously a lot more pressure and nerves and stuff. Um, so I'll find myself almost trying to like trying to find ways to simplify what I do in the studio, you know, because, you know, you're going to be doing it every single night and you're like, OK, I got to kind of find a little bit of a shortcut here, you know, so that I could actually pull this off every night. <laughs> yeah. Like in the studio, you have as many takes as you need. And like, if you need to punch in a fail or like this crazy part that it, you, uh, you and the guys or you and the producer are like, oh, this part's so sick and you're dead set on yeah. it. So you have to nail it. It's like, all right, we're going to punch in this like 10, 15 second little part. Uh, but right. trying to pull that off every night, you know, depending on what the part is before and that comes after it as well. Like, fuck, good luck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, seriously, I mean, that's kind of how it was with, um, like, when we did the album The Sin and the Sentence with Trivium, like, I remember in the studio, I just felt, like, so calm and relaxed, so I was just feeling just very comfortable and confident on the kit, you know, and then, like, I don't know if you've heard, you know, the intro to The Sin and the Sentence, but it's kind of like a, a wacky double ride, double splash trip, and in the studio, I was just like, yeah, just whatever, and then, um, the first tour I did with them uh, after that record, it was like, hey, we're opening up with that song every single night. <laughs> and that was a challenge because like, as you know, you know, when it's like the first song is usually at least for me, it's always the shakiest. It's like, OK, mm -hmm. like here's the anticipation. And depending on the size of the crowd, you could be super nervous. And uh, I was like, man, I have to play like one of the hardest parts every every night for like the first song so that was a bit nerve-wracking so I, I i think about those things as i'm in the studio too now like you had mentioned <laughs> yeah and well hey there's one way to look at it though is is you get the hardest song out of the way first and then the rest of the set is just like ah uh, yeah <laughs> it's so much easier yeah but if you if you botch that song it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the set too yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Mentally, you're like, man, is that is this just going to be one of those nights? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird how like the first song really kind of sets the sets the mood. I know I I played a show with uh, Lotharo uh, not too long ago, and we had issues with the the click track on the first song. And the rest of the set, it was so hard to get. Like we we solved all the issues and everything was good after the first song, but it it just like mentally, I just it took me out of out of that space and out of the like the feeling of on stage and everything because that first song, we had so many technical difficulties, right? So hundred percent, yeah, yeah. It just set <laughs> sets the tone for the the whole. Uh, the whole set uh, and uh, it was really unfortunate. It was a great show uh, overall. It was great. And then the next show we did together, we had, we made sure that those problems didn't happen. Uh, we, we run a full like uh, in-ear rig and everything. Uh, and as like a more local band, it's, it's a, it's a little more difficult for sound guys to grasp and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we're still getting some trial and error with that setup, but uh, so far so good. Now, like everything's been been going smooth with every show since. So, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean that you. It's kind of one of those things you just got to kind of get out of the way those technical difficulties mm -hmm. and little things like that. And then once it's out of the way, it's like okay, at least you at least you know, and then you could have good shows after that. But yeah, getting past that. You know, those little hiccups could always be difficult, you know, especially when it comes to clicks and tracks and technology, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't uh, know about you, but <laughs> I'm just like I I'm like drummer mode. I'm like, OK, I just hit stuff when you start giving me clicks and computers and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I shut down. <laughs> See, I, I introduced that in the beginning uh, with Crimson Shadows because we wanted to start mm. adding in orchestrations. Uh, but we didn't oh, want a okay. keyboard player live. So I was like, all right, mm. so like I'm going to, I'm going to play to a click, uh, and we're just going to go from there. So, but we made it as simple as possible. So we <laughs> just had an iPad. I just had to hit play at the beginning of the set. The intro goes and every, the playlist would just fall in line and mm -hmm. literally everything's good. And then I just hit stop at the end of the set and that's it. Like, yeah, so easy. And we have all our 
all our set times perfectly scheduled. So if we have a 45 minute set, we have exactly from the time I hit play to the time we hit our last note, 45 minutes done. Right. And we're never going over nothing like that. So that's really the way to do it. Yeah. 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 It was, but in in this case with the thorough, with the clicks not working, it was literally a cable must've just got knocked right before we went on and just came (laughs) slightly unplugged. So all of a sudden our intro is going and then when our click is supposed to come in, we all look at each other like there's no click. Oh, (laughs) What are we doing? Like, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, so we played a song. That was the first time I've I've played a song without a click in long time, uh, live. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, you run into situations like that a lot, and and you know exactly like you said. It's always like if you're gonna go that route, the simpler the better. You know, um, like uh, when I when I first started touring with Trivium, we were doing just uh, little iPods for clicks, and then. Um, I had a, a second iPod there, uh, but now we've actually started doing um, like real tracks. Like my uh, my drum tech, he's he's in charge of all of like the tracks and everything. Uh, so he has his computer and he has a backup computer. But actually, on this last uh, tour with Megadeth, when we played Concord, California. That was the first and only show that both of the computers were just toasted. For whatever reason, he couldn't get them uh, to start. Uh, So we're like, that's our intro. That's our everything, you know. Um, But thankfully, the band was really chill about it. He was more stressed. I think he thought that we were going to get like pissed at him or something. Mm -hmm. So he was like backstage and we're we're waiting. We're ready to go. It's like we're supposed to be walking out there and i just hear my my tech um he's amazing but he's just back there cussing and screaming and just like oh my, this isn't working and then our bass player paolo was just like well i guess we're going old school let's go so we just literally walked out there and did one of those classic you know you ring out and you just introduce yourself and you go into the first song and um just you know sometimes you're in situations where you got to do that you got to just uh you got to just push your way through it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. And hey, it, <laughs> you can't freak out when you're just about to go on stage about those little things because it's not going to, A, it's no. not going to change anything and it's going to affect your mood the entire set and probably the rest of the day. You're not going to have yeah. fun. You're not going to pre- perform your best. So you might as well just like roll with the punches and yeah. <laughs> go out there and just have fun with it because there's nothing you can do to change it at this point. Yeah, you know, and like for the most part, I think people will still appreciate it. You know, like it's not, you know, people, they're out there to see a show and they're out there to have fun. And like if you're missing a track or, you know, you're not you like you said, the little, little things that we notice, the majority of people, they're not going to notice. So it's like mm-hmm. it's going to be all right. There's no reason to freak out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I always think about it whenever those situations happen, like that crowd got a unique show that night. The rest of the tour got the pretty much the exact same show. You know, from mm-hmm. start to finish is is pretty much, you know, like the exact same thing down to even what uh, the vocalist is saying to the crowd and everything, yeah. right? Like it's, it's yeah. pretty much yeah. structured, you know, when that night yeah. they got to see something that nobody else on that tour got to see. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you think about it like that and it's pretty sick. Now that that could be for better or worse. Maybe yeah, <laughs> they right? got not <laughs> not as great of a show, but it was unique. So, yeah, you can take that. Absolutely. Away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, let's get. I got a whole whole bunch of notes here. We haven't even touched on yet. So let's get into some cool. stuff, man. You, yeah, man. You are now a father. Congratulations, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. That now, uh, how how old is uh, she? She. Her name is Naya, and she is five months old. Oh wow, man. So you're yeah. still not sleeping very much then. <laughs> You know what? Actually, we are sleeping great, man. I got to say, she is the easiest baby I've ever been around ever. It's pretty it's pretty incredible, man. She she does not cry. She does not fuss. She sleeps all night long and she's based she's like 
pretty much just as long as you keep me fed and changed, like I'm good. The only time she'll get a little fussy is like, yeah, if she's hungry and I'm like, you know, trying to get her bottle ready and she'll give me a couple like, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, hurry up, yeah. dude. You know, <laughs> But um, yeah, she uh, she does really good, man. So we've been sleeping a, a, a lot. Um, she's usually out cold by 10, 30, 11 p.m. And then she'll sleep until 7, 30, 8 in the morning. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So I, I'm like, man. Yeah, you got it, it's, lucky. It's great. Uh, yeah, I got very, very lucky. Yeah, because, I mean, I was expecting the total opposite. I was, like, bracing for it. I was like, all right, here we go. I, I, I'm ready. And then um, the, the first couple months, yeah, they were hard because a newborn, they have to constantly eat every three hours, no matter what. So my wife and I, we were uh, trading off throughout the night. And there was a couple nights there where I was, like, feeding her and, like, Falling asleep, like, oh, man, this is brutal. But um, <laughs> after that first, like, two months, three months, she started sleeping all night. So uh, knock on wood, hopefully uh, <laughs> keeps going smooth. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because I, yeah. I have a, a, a couple of friends of mine who have uh, newborns around the same age, and they're still, like, no sleep, no nothing, like... <laughs> They're just dead to the world all the time, but oh yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And you, uh, you also have a dog as well. Yes, I which, do. Which our fans uh, love dogs. So oh man, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get her. Hold on, just a second. I, Bricky, oh she's kind of sleeping right now. Oh, you want to get in the camera? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if I can get her in the camera real quick. Hang on. She's right here sleeping, but she's a little lazy girl. Hang on. Oh, okay. Hey, come here. Come here. Come say hi. Look, come say hi. Here. Come say hi. Come here, mama. Come here. Here. Oh, this way. This way. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Mm -hmm. She's not happy. <laughs> you say hi. Tell them how beautiful you are. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's Brooklyn, everybody. And oh, she's like nice. looking at me like, why did you just pull me out of bed? Why did you do that? <laughs> I was taking a snooze. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, she is uh, she is six years old and we have had her since she was six weeks old. And oh, wow. yeah, she's our she's our world. Um, she is a pit bull, and she's just the sweetest little girl. Yeah, it seems like it. Oh my god. Yeah, she's absolutely adorable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, man. Um, so all that all that uh, family man stuff out of the way now. Um, <laughs> now to the metal. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you you started streaming on Twitch. Uh, yes. During, was this pre pandemic or did you start doing this, uh, because, uh, you're pretty much out of work for a while. <laughs> um, this was pre pandemic. Uh, I started streaming, uh, 2000, I want to say it was 2018 about, and it wasn't okay. as consistent as it is now, but it was like here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was mainly because our singer, Matt, he really kind of encouraged me to because he's been streaming for a while. He started well, he started streaming in 2017 and now he's one of the biggest music streamers on Twitch, I think. And um, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> he, yeah, he's, for he's sure. There for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, being around him, it's really encouraged me to stream and uh, Paolo's got into it, too. So, yeah, you know, it's it's been been cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so what exactly do you do on there? Just so, so people get an idea of what to expect if they check out your channel. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a, it's a pretty open platform. It started off really for like gamers. So you'd see a lot of like live stream gaming. Uh, but then 
I feel like Matt is one of the pioneers that really took that whole platform and was like, hey, what if I just did everything that I do on it as far as like practicing and uh, performing and stuff? So he started off with games and then he started slowly but surely, you know, picking up his guitar and doing his vocal warm ups and stuff. And it really gave the fans the opportunity to just be behind the scenes and really just kind of like hang out. Like it's really cool because you could build an awesome community with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's basically just like a big hangout really. Um, and you could do whatever. I mean, now I see people cooking, you know, doing, I don't know, just the most random stuff on there, but I like it because it's, it's free to do it. Like, you don't have to pay to watch somebody on Twitch, but the awesome thing about it is you could subscribe to people's channels. So if you subscribe, I think it's like five ninety nine or something. And then the streamer gets half of that and Twitch takes the rest. But what it does is it gives you a lot of like little special perks. Uh, like you get little special emotes by your name and, and you could use special emotes. You could, uh, you can gift subs to other people and, you know, as someone who's a streamer, like we really appreciate that, you know, so you'll see those names pop up and you'll recognize them. So like a lot of the people that are constantly subscribing to my channel, like I know them, I know who they are. So I'm I could be like drumming, practicing, playing songs or whatever and be like, hey, Corey, what's up, man? Um, good to see you. Is there a song you'd like to hear or whatever? And, you know, I could play you a song and uh, I think stuff like that fans they really appreciate it because i remember when i was younger i was like i would die just to meet joey jordison for 20 seconds you know at a meet and greet or something and now it's like you could literally like hang out with your favorite artists online and like actually interact with them so um yeah the interaction is the big thing and uh yeah, it's just a, it's a really fun platform, you know. It's it it's cool. I get to practice and try to stay sharp, but also, um, you know, hang out with people. So yeah, that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. Yeah, and even like this this day and age too, most of our hangouts are online, anyways. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we don't like even myself, even now that things are somewhat open up, um, I still don't find myself going out as much as I normally would like just to hang out yeah. with people. Right. Like I'm yeah. now I'm just kind of a homebody and I'll just like I'll uh, like yesterday I was uh, I just hopped on like Instagram live and had a chat with my my bassist uh who's also named alex yeah. uh and oh, we just cool. uh yeah and we just like all right we're just gonna have a conversation he was just uh in the uk uh he flew over and then he was in poland and stuff and so I, we just wanted to catch up so i was like fuck it yeah. we'll just we'll just do it live and and just like shoot the shit and talk and had some laughs and you know let other people in on the conversation and I know like that I find myself doing that a lot more than like actually like getting out and <laughs> hanging out with people sadly enough but yeah man so yeah. it's super cool that you have a place that you can just go and do you mainly just play trivium songs or cuz I know it's like some guys they'll like just like randomly play songs like you know like any kind of cover or anything like that um, I'll kind of do a little bit of both. I would mm-hmm. say it's mainly Trivium because the majority of the people that are there are Trivium fans, especially when I'll get like a raid from Matt. So like what a raid <laughs> is, is basically, you know, if Matt has a thousand people watching him or something like that, when he's done, he'll raid either me or Paolo. Those people will come to me. So knowing that the majority of them are Trivium fans, I try to stick to Trivium just to kind of, you know, keep them around and, Mm -hmm. you know, let them, let them be stoked or whatever. But, um, there is other days where I'm just like, Hey, I'm doing a full death metal set or I'm doing country or I'm doing pop or whatever. Like I'll do, I mean, I could play whatever I want, you know, yeah. but I, I kind of try to like just feel it out, you know, what what it, what it seems like the people are feeling. And yeah, sometimes all of us will go down rabbit holes, you know, sometimes they'll all start requesting like 
early 90s songs or like uh, boy bands or something. And we'll just have fun with it, you know. And uh, that's the thing I really like about it is, you know, there's not any rules. You kind of just do whatever you want. Um, So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun, man. Yeah, I would uh, I'd say you should do a whole Latin day where you just do you're doing samba grooves and everything like that. Yeah, there's um there's there's a couple songs that are that are big hits in my my uh, Twitch community. Um La Chona um that that's a that that's that's a one. Um there there's a couple other ones that are like just really songs that people go crazy for. Um but yeah, th- I have a couple songs that are that are there are like Latin songs that are that it's pretty funny because it's like a lot of metalheads in there and stuff, but there's certain Latin songs that they really love. Or like if I start playing uh Selena or something, you mm-hmm. know, you'll have the the Mexican fans going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I just like your your groove is is uh infectious, I think, because I remember Oh wow, um, <laughs> I think it was the first time that I saw you was uh when Crimson Shadows and Battlecross did a run. Uh we were supposed to do the whole East Coast, but uh we couldn't get into the States. So we just met you guys in Ottawa and did all the Canadian dates with you. Uh, and it was Mavericks in Ottawa and you're doing sound check and just doing all these sick Latin grooves and everything. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is sick. <laughs> like, it was just like, I, I felt it immediately. Like it was, it was so oh, cool. Wow. I still, Thank I you. still remember that. Like you just like busting into that. And then I looked at our, our sound guy, Howlett and was like, dude, are you hearing this fucking guy? This is sick. <laughs> like oh wow thank you that's that's awesome man that's that's really cool i i i don't remember that but that sounds like something i probably would have done for a sound check <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah dude that that was, that was a fun little run though mavericks is a good place i i played there more recently too it's still kicking so that's good i remember that name like i'm seeing the name in my head man that that's awesome man yeah that that was a lot of that was a lot of fun and you said that was with battlecross yeah 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 when you were playing for okay. battlecross there yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. That. Yeah. We had some some fun times, man. Uh, especially. Yeah. Trying to get over that Canadian border. Oof. That's freaking <laughs> difficult. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because, uh, dude, us getting into the states is like fucking hell. Like, you guys, oh, you guys man. keep shit tight down there. You don't want any Canadian bands in. Like none. <laughs> that's yeah, and I feel like that's the way it is going in too. Because like, man, <clears throat> anytime I think of Canada, I just think of just waiting at the border for literally hours while they like freaking interrogate you and go through all of your luggage and all this stuff. They're like, we know you have drugs, we know it. I'm like, dude, I just want to play drums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, dude, but, most um, most of yeah. the drugs that you would have are actually legal up here. So mm-hmm. like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, going going to Canada with the Battlecross guys, and of course hanging out with you guys. I remember we, uh, I think we all went to some pretty awesome restaurants together too, Battlecross and uh, Crimson. Yeah, man. Um, we always uh, fuck. I'm trying to think where we would have gone in Canada, but uh, dude, with those guys, it was always Waffle House. Like oh, yeah. always, fucking Waffle House <laughs> always, in the states, man. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, as Don Slater would say, it was his church. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Going to church. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, I miss those boys. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Really good guys, man. I I uh, I I've talked to I talked to Don here and there. I actually saw Hiran at um, the last Nam show before the whole pandemic, and it was really good to see him. Um, I have not talked. I haven't talked to Tony in a while. I know he's busy. He's he's doing family stuff. Oh yeah. And uh, Gumby, um, I see him online and stuff all the time. And he's come out to a couple trivium shows, so oh, yeah? it's always good to like catch up with them. You know. Yeah, that's sick, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about the hangar because this thing is uh, pretty legendary, man. Uh, the Trivium <laughs> Hanger, for anyone who doesn't know, um, you guys, it's, let's let's just hear about it, man. How did it come to be, and uh, what is it all about there? 
Man, it's <laughs> where to even start with it, man. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, well, like when the whole like pandemic hap- started happening or the shutdown or the lockdowns, I should say, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, yeah, it it just kind of as a band, you know, we we're we were just thinking, what do we do now? Because uh, we were supposed to go to Asia and then that got canceled. And then we had other stuff that was supposed to be happening. And it just seemed like everything just came to a screeching halt. Um, and we, we were just kind of figuring out what's the next step. Um, so a couple months in, they, they were thinking about like, we need some kind of like headquarters, you know, like where we could just do everything on our own. Um, so uh, Matt, I, bl- I think he had a, uh, a, f- a family member, a, a family member of his wife. So, um, a uh, really nice guy named Donnie that, uh, had a, a hanger that was available cause he, um, he has a, like a couple hangers, um, and he sold it to us and right, right away we just had, we just started getting to work on it. And what it is, is a place where we could do everything live streaming, um, recording, we're planning to record, uh, records there. Uh, we store all of our gear there. Um, I mean, it's, it's everything. Uh, so yeah, it's basically just kind of like the, the headquarters of the band, you know, uh, everything happens there. And, um, I moved down to Florida to be a part of that, you know, even more. So it's, it's cool because now it feels more like a, like a band, you know, like, if we want to get together for some rehearsals or whatever, the, the hangers like 25 minutes away from me. So, you know, we could rehearse there and then, uh, not have to deal with flying back and forth. Cause I was living in California. That's where I'm from. So it just, it, it made things a lot easier, especially during the whole lockdown situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. So how, how was that? Um, just get into it a little bit. You lived in mm-hmm. California your whole life correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you've really made the, the leap to be like, all right, I am, you know, trivium is, is my life now. So you, you wanted yes. to move to Florida to do that. How was that, that move for you in, in this whole thing? Like, was it kind of, uh, an emotional process to be like, all right, I'm, I'm leaving California and that's it to move to Florida yeah. of all places. Big time. <laughs> Yeah, big time, because I never planned to leave California. You know, California has been my home my whole life. And uh, I I love that place, man. I I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, even when I'd go back home from tour, I would just kind of like look around and just feel at home and just be like, I love this place. But, you know, once everything went down in with with the lockdown and things just started to get crazy, uh, it was like the whole world just started to change and you're, you start thinking about, man, like what, do, what's the world going to be like and what do we, what's everyone going to do, you know? Um, and it was crazy because it was like during that time is when the Trivium guys, they started reaching out to me and talking about me moving to Florida. And to be honest, at first I was kind of a little like, I don't know, you know, like I was like, that's a, that's a big jump. And I, I just, it caught me off guard because I never planned it. You know, I never mm-hmm. in a million years in my head was like, yeah, maybe someday I'll live in Florida. I always planned on just flying back and forth and all that. But when the guys, they sat me down and we had a really, really good conversation about it. And they, they presented it to me in a way that made sense where they were, they were like, Hey, like, things are not going to be going back to normal anytime soon. Like it's going to be really hard for us and for you to be flying back and forth. And we want to keep on writing. We want to keep on doing stuff. And it's going to be difficult if you're the only link that's not here because Paolo had just decided to move from Chicago to Orlando as well. So I I could start to feel it. Like I'm like, man, I am kind of the missing link here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, they presented it in a way of like, we really want you here, you know? So to me, I, I had to think about it for a little bit and be like, wow, like this amazing band with these amazing guys, they want me to be around. They want me to be a part of this. And, 
And then all of a sudden it was like a, a, a light went off in my head and I was like, this is like a no brainer. Like that would be crazy if I was like, eh, you know what? You guys do your thing. I'm going to go my way and uh, have fun with that. I, I, immediately, I was like, you know what? You guys are totally right. And um, my wife and I, we were just kind of like looked at each other and we we're like, I guess we're moving to Florida. Let's <laughs> let's do this. And um, uh, we just immediately got on it. Um, I think we were out of California in like a month or something like we stayed there for like another month or something like that. If mm -hmm. I remember right. And, uh, we pretty much just, uh, we loaded all our stuff in a pod. We tried to downsize as much as we could loaded it in a pod. And then we took our animals in the, put them in the car and we just drove across the country. So we had us Brooklyn and our two cats, Max and Jasper. And we just went from hotel to hotel and e eventually made it to Florida. And, uh, it took us about, I don't remember, like eight days or something like that. Um, but we made it and we settled in here. And so far, it's it's been pretty amazing. That, sound, that sounds amazing. And like, that's one thing that you, you can't really turn that down. That's kind of like saying, well, I, I don't really care about being in Trivium then. <laughs> like, if you're like, no, I'm going to stay here. They're like, no, but we need you here. Right. So you're, yeah. that was good that yeah. you're like, you're just like immediately like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. A hundred percent. Cause I know in your head and like every other band you've been in hasn't necessarily been from California or from like the city that you live in. Right. So you're so used to right. like the last 10 years of playing for so many different bands. Like, oh, I'll just fly out. I'll fly out. I'll do my thing. Then I'll go back home. And my home is separate from the band stuff. Right. Yeah. But I, I guess at this point and the state of the world, it was necessary for your home and the band to kind of meet in the middle some and to some degree. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm very thankful too that like they took the time to like break that down for me. And I've had some conversations with Matt now where I'm kind of like, thank you for like convincing me and like kind of getting through my head. Cause I think I was so stuck in like my way of doing things, like you said, mm -hmm. you know, um, flying back and forth. And then I would come home and I would do a bunch of like casual gigs. And I was so set in this way of doing things. And then, um, yeah, they really they really got through to me. And now I'm like, man, I'm so I look around and I'm so grateful to be here. And every every single time I go to the hangar and I'm around those guys, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And I get to be a part of this, you know? So it's great, man. We've been here for a little over a year now. And like, really like the best part of it all too is like, it's a new chapter with my daughter, you know? Cause we, right when we got here to Florida about a week or two later is when we, uh, when my wife got pregnant with Naya and it just felt like a fresh start, you know, it just mm -hmm. felt like every time now I have that attachment to like here as well, not just California. Now, now I look at California like, oh, man, I, I love it and it'll always be my home. But now this is my my new chapter in life that I love and adore, you know, so um, I just feel very happy in, in general. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and um, the hangar. It's coming out sick, man. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. It's got um a big open downstairs. That's kind of like the open, the, the bottom looks more like an airplane hanger. Cause it's, oh, it's wide open and that's where we can do like production and, and crazy stuff like that. Um, but then the upstairs is kind of more of a studio vibe and that's where we do our rehearsals and it's, it's really decked out in there. Like it's very, very, uh, very comfortable. It's very nice. And, uh, yeah, we're just trying to, trying to do the thing, man. <laughs> That's sick, man. Yeah. Cause I've seen a couple videos that you did live from the hangar. So I, I assume that that is from the basement of it. That's the big open part. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the studio is a little more closed in like tighter type of feel. Yeah. And that's all upstairs. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome because it's like you, you walk in and you just see this super big open space. So your first thought when you walk in is you're just kind of like, whoa, like this is crazy. Like you could 
freaking fit a whole stage in here if you wanted, you know, like we could do endless things in there. But then if you keep walking, you'll run into this area that has like all of our gear and stuff stored. So it's it looks really awesome. Mm -hmm. It looks like a freaking I don't know, like a music store or something. Um, and then you go upstairs and then all of a sudden the vibe completely changes. It's like, oh, you could like literally like chill up here if you wanted with like our families and stuff. But there's also gear there that like we could jam. So it's it's cool. It's got a really, really fun vibe to it. And um, we're brainstorming on a lot of different things that we could do with the hangar. Um, some stuff that I, I can't get too into now at this, at this moment, because, you know, we're still working on it, but mm -hmm. it's going to be very, very exciting. I think for, for people to, to see. <laughs> That's sick, man. Well, speaking yeah. of exciting things, you have uh, a two part streaming event coming up here in December, December 11th, you're going to be doing yes. the in wave set and December 18th, uh, dead men and dragons set. And with a uh, special guest opening fit for an autopsy. That's, yes. that's super sick. I'm so glad that those guys are uh, your homies because uh, uh, Hossein is what I also know from Battlecross. Because he, oh, he filled in for some Canadian dates, uh, their first Canadian run ever with Hate Eternal. I went and saw him in Toronto. He was playing drums for them because their drummer at the time uh, couldn't get across the border. So that's how I met him, and I've been I've kept in touch with him ever since. So that's super sick how that kind of like came to be. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. I didn't know. So he he played with Battlecross. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he did some just like touring uh, work for them when their drummer couldn't get across the border. So. That's so cool, man. Yeah, he he was really cool to to hang out with on tour. Like he's such a chill guy. All of those guys are really chill, but uh yeah, him him especially, like just chilling with him, he just like he's got this cool vibe to him. You know that yeah. and that's that kind of adds to the coolness that like he didn't even like mention that. Like he just is like very like in his I don't know. I like I like his vibe a lot. He, that's really cool. I'm going to bring that up to him. I'm going to be like, "Man, maybe he did tell me and I just am blanking out, but I'm going to be like, "Dude, you didn't tell me you played for Battlecross. That's awesome." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like years ago. That was like 2000 uh 10 or 11 I think or something uh but yeah yeah it's it super sick that's how I met him and then I saw you guys touring together and becoming homies I was like oh that's so sick two guys that I love yeah. just like hanging out and yeah uh, it's so awesome yeah man. uh they're they're one of those bands that like they're always brought up for us you know we always uh we always enjoy bringing them out um when we can you know yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what is what is this uh, this set like? How uh, how can people stream it? Uh, there's tickets for sale, uh, so I guess people should get on buying tickets. Um, yeah, um, if you go, I want to say it's like triviumhanger.com, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or yeah. it's all over our social medias too. If you follow any of us, uh, Matt, Powell, Corey or I, or, um, even like the band on anything, we're posting it a lot so you can get mm -hmm. all the links. Um, and yeah, you could, uh, you get a ticket and, uh, it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, we're putting a lot of, uh, a lot, we have Josh Wilbur, uh, mixing it. And, um, for those of you who don't know, he recorded our last three records and he's amazing. We have our good friend Bryce, who's doing the uh, video and he's done a lot of amazing stuff with us as well. So it's going to be pretty amazing. And I would definitely encourage you all to uh, to check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, checking it out. I'm actually December 11th. I'll still be in the studio. So maybe uh, I'll uh, I'll we'll, we'll end the session that day uh, early and, and check out that set. Cause that'll be yeah. super sick. Um, yeah. That's the great thing about streaming, man is like, you don't, you know, you could be anywhere. You could be on the toilet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just bust out your phone and, and you're there. You know, that's it, man. Put on some decent headphones and like, away that's you it. go. You're fucking right there. Sick dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, aside from that, you guys are crazy busy. Um, and it seems like 
a lot of bands during this pandemic and stuff kind of slowed down or it's like taking a little bit to get back into it. But you guys have been going full steam because uh, not only have you now you guys opened for Metallica. Uh, which is absolutely insane. I remember messaging you yeah. like, holy shit, dude. Like, so, so we'll get into that, but also you guys have a tour coming up next fall with Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, holy shit, dude. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, shoot the pandemic there was no plans of slowing down at all. It mm-hmm. was almost like everybody kicked it up. 10 gears even higher, you know, which I'm grateful for to be around people like that. Cause you know, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, I, there wasn't a point where I was ever worried about the band because Matt Paolo and Corey are just guys that they just do not stop. You know, like they're some of the most dedicated, hardworking guys I've ever met. So it kind of, you know, it felt like they were pushing me, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I didn't really fall into that mindset either of like, all right, it's time to slow down because of this pandemic lockdown, all this stuff. It was like, all right, what's the next move? We're doing this. We're doing that. You know, the hangar fell into place and we we didn't stop rehearsing either. We kept jamming as a band because we knew we're not going to let this stop us. You know, we're going to do whatever we can do um, and just, yeah, keep at it. So, you know, the whole, the Megadeth tour was amazing. And I feel like that really, um, I don't know that, that just was, it felt so good to be back out on the, on the road with one of the most legendary bands, uh, legendary people, you know, Dave Mustaine and, uh, I, I, Paolo, he had a really funny theory. He was like, man, it seems like once you kind of get in that circle with the bands of that level, it's like then you, it just starts happening more and more because the Megadeth mm-hmm. thing happened. And then all of a sudden we got randomly hit up by Metallica to play with them. <laughs> uh, and then the Iron Maiden thing came out of nowhere. So it's really amazing, man. Like it's, we're very fortunate cause it's like, it just kind of, uh, it's like a snowball effect, I guess, you know, it just, the, the calls thankfully kept coming in and, uh, yeah, the Metallica thing was super random. I was actually, um, on vacation. I was in California, um, to go hang out with my nephews for Halloween and stuff. So I was sitting there, um, I was fishing with my father-in-law in like total chill vacation mode, just relaxing. And then, um, we, we finished up fishing and then we went to like a little like Mexican store to go get some some tortillas. I'm waiting in the car and I get a text from the guys and they're like, when are you going to be back in Florida again? And I was like, oh, like a couple days. Why? They're like, you're not going to believe it. Metallica just asked us to open for them on Thursday. And it was like Tuesday. And I'm like, holy, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I I, I first thought that they're joking. And I responded back. I was like, are you kidding? Are you serious? And then they sent me the actual email that was like from their manager or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, immediately I went from like vacation chill mode, like fishing to like, you know, heart pumping, like, oh man, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's on in a day or in two days or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I need to fly home. We need to rehearse now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and like, um, yeah. So like, my wife and I, we had our, we were already talking about uh, flying home. We were like, okay, like, uh, w- what if we take a red eye? So what was it? It was like two. I think the show was on Thursday. The way it worked out was like the next day we took a red eye home. And then the day that I landed at 6am in Florida, we had a rehearsal that day at 12 in the afternoon. And then the next day was the Metallica show. So it was like nonstop. Like I took a picture of my eyes at rehearsal and they were like, I was like, I see why they call it a red eye now because they just were so bloodshot red. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was amazing. You know, um, we, we drove down to South Florida the next day for the Metallica show and had a great time. And, uh, it, it was very surreal, um, being on stage and like seeing their gear, like, on the side of the stage and stuff and seeing like the name Metallica on it. I was like, this is, 
surreal. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, especially going from like two days before that, you're just fishing, like relaxing, trying to like, you know, cool down, whatever. And then now, then you're just like, you're on stage. Like, yeah, that's it. Metallica <laughs> is coming up next. Like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it was, it was amazing, man. But it's, it's awesome, you know, like in my daughter being there too, like, I don't know, it was really fun. Cause uh, you know, we drove down. So I took my daughter with me and, uh, it's, we have a picture with her, with Kirk Hammond and stuff. And I'm like, just taking it all in and just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so glad I came to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It kind of solidified the whole thing. Like, cause it would have, what well, you still would have been able to do it, but like having your family there and everything, right? Like it yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it encompasses like the trivium camp with your family, like that much more. Yeah. It seems like yeah. so sick. And they're all family guys and everything. I know Matt has kids and everything. So it seems like you guys are, are hanging out being dads together, you know? Yeah. That's really like one of the best parts of the band too, is like, uh, that they are family oriented and shoot even like, uh, later today in the later afternoon, I think we might get together with Matt and his kids and hang out and stuff. And that's really the stuff I love, you know, is like being in a band that's family oriented and, um, yeah, you know, just being in that environment, it, it kind of keeps you grounded, you know? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, dude, honestly, on that note, I, you know, I think we should end on a on a high note here, man. That's that's a that's a great place to end it. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on, chatting with me, man. It's uh, been a pleasure catching up and hearing about everything that that you've been up to all these years. And it's been been probably like s six years since we've hung out. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been 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 a while and I appreciate you having me on here and uh anytime, man. Yeah, any anytime you ever want to hang out and and chat or whatever and you know, you have my number, so yeah, we'll definitely have to keep in touch more often, man. Dude, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Next time you're in Toronto, I will be there. All right. Awesome. Yeah, and if, yeah that sounds good. And man. if I ever make it down to Florida, then uh, I'll have to come check out the hangar cuz it sounds like uh the most gnarly place on earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Alex. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please like, share, and subscribe wherever possible. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review and five stars if you can. Till next time, keep drumming.